Welcome to today's podcast by Preacher, as he provides sound teaching on the pure and undiluted truth of God's Word, with life application that inspires you to live a holy life pleasing to God. We pray that these teachings will inspire you to live out your faith daily with confidence, be assured of your salvation in Christ, and God's unconditional love for you. Our scripture reading this morning is going to be taken from the book of John, the 15th chapter, and beginning with the first verse. And Jesus is trying to tell his disciples and you and me something of a relationship that we can have with him. And he's saying, I am the real vine, and my father is the gardener. He breaks off every branch in me that does not bear fruit and prunes every branch that does bear fruit so that it will be clean and bear more fruit. You have been made clean already by the message I have spoken to you. Remain in union with me and I will remain in union with you. Unless you remain in me, you cannot bear fruit, just as a branch cannot bear fruit, unless it remains in the vine. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever remains in me and I in him will bear much fruit. For you can do nothing without me. Whoever does not remain in me is thrown out like a branch, and it dries up. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire, where they are burned. If you remain in me and my word remains in you, then you will ask for anything you wish, and you shall have it. This is how my Father's glory is shown, by your bearing much fruit. And in this way you become my disciples. I love you just as the Father loves me. Remain in my love. If you obey my commandments, you will remain in my love in the same way that I have obeyed my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment. Love one another just as I love you. The greatest love a man can have for his friends is to give his life for them. And you are my friends if you do what I command. I do not call you servants any longer because a servant does not know what his master is doing. Instead, I call you friends because I have told you everything I heard from my father. You did not choose me. I chose you and appointed you to go and bear much fruit the kind of fruit that endures, and the Father will give you whatever you ask of him in my name. This, then, is what I command you, love one another. Lord, help us to understand what we read this morning. Making God real. Keep your mind on that verse of Scripture, which is all centered around where Jesus is saying that you are my friend. You are my friend. My, what a fantastic statement that is. A young couple comes to church every once in a while and said in talking with them, well, there's really nothing in church for us. We don't uh, really have uh, anything there that uh, seems to be important or seems to be meaningful to us and to our life. A young man same way, come to church every once in a while and says, well, I come in the church cold and I leave the church cold even colder than when I came in. 
a couple said in searching for something in life said well we thought we were able to find it uh, when we found one another and got married but now after a year or so we find that what we were looking for could not be found in another person we came to the church looking for it and hoped here that we would be able to find it and yet we have not found what we're looking for whatever it might be we have not found it within the church now i suppose no i don't suppose i know what these people are talking about and i know what they're looking for you see they're looking for an experience uh, with the lord jesus christ and with god now you try to tell them about this experience that one can have uh, with the lord jesus christ as a personal savior and god and they come to the place to think well god who is he and what is he and what is he able to do and so we use all this terminology that we use to try to describe the lord jesus christ he is the messiah he is a savior he can be a personal savior he is the lord he's the one that can forgive you your sins and so forth and so on and so on we go and we heap words upon words unless it comes to the place where we can have an experience with the lord jesus christ we come back to these young people and this couple that i told have already told you about we're looking for something and we're not able to find it is it possible is it possible for us to have an experience with the lord jesus christ that can be meaningful to the very bottom of these souls of ours and dear friends i say to you this morning that i am not guessing and it's not by speculation and i'm not philosophizing this morning when i tell you that's precisely and exactly what the lord jesus christ was talking about in the scripture that i read to you this morning let us not get lost in because the scripture is so familiar to us and we understand the vine and the branches situation we've heard it don't remember when we heard it because we heard it so many years ago but let us understand this morning that the lord jesus christ is talking about a relationship that you and i can have with him we must have it with him because whatever we have regardless of how good it might be is not good enough to sustain us in this life in which you and i are trying to live today because you see a friendship can be and ought to be it's a challenging situation it is a vibrant situation it's a living situation this is what friendship is all about and this is what it really is can it be then that we can have this type of relationship with the lord jesus christ well we can and there's no secret about it at all it's not a mystery it's not some lost uh, art uh, about how we go about being a friend of the lord jesus christ and really accepting him as our friend because we can apply the same principles that you and i use in making friends with one another one and the same principle works with the lord jesus christ he has one set of principles that works with him and another one that works with you and i they're one and the same let me call them to your attention you know i've been impressed through the years and all i have to do is just turn my mind loose and think about people that i have observed within the church that have been great friends i remember at the chemical plant uh, when i was at brandenburg i might might well happen yesterday because i can still see this 
situation, these people perfectly in my mind's eye, and call as if it was only yesterday. Well, in fact, I can call no perfectly in something I call yesterday. Well, anyway, I can see this man, he was a doctor and research out there at that big chemical plant. And he carried himself as a man that you would think in research, you know. He's a great man in his own right, a wonderful, dedicated Christian. And then there was in that same church a farmer. Hadn't too much the benefit of education, a formal education, perhaps outside of high school, and that's not to talk that down either. But a great man in his own right. I think of this man, and, and I think of, of a saint of God. That's the kind of man he is. But you think about that man, there was a farmer, a little farm down there, and this man out here was in research in a chemical plant from the east. <laughs> Would you think that they could be friends? Well, they were, in the most beautiful way that you could ever imagine. They enjoyed one another's company and friendship. You would see them before church, that they would be talking together. And you would see them after church. And if we had a dinner within the church, you could always count on seeing these two standing around talking to one another. A beautiful friendship. Different? Yes. Maybe something of what I'm trying to say is our relationship to Christ. I tell you that the Lord Jesus, it doesn't make any difference what I think. The Lord Jesus Christ is saying here that he expects this type of relationship with him. If we're going to be productive within this life of ours, and it's got to be that way. Well, let us move quickly and say now, what are some of the things that we can do to proceed to make this friendship to be what it ought to be. Well, the first thing I would call to your attention is that friendship is built on association. It is always that way, built on association. I remember, again, of course, now I know that some of this is a figment of my imagination because it happened so long ago when I was just a young man. It's been a long, well, I hadn't been so long ago, heck. Anyway, I see this man out there in that part of the country where I was from, and uh, he was old when I knew him. He lived alone. In fact, he had spent some time in prison because he had got in an argument with someone and tried to kill him. Maybe he did kill him. But I knew this man. He lived in a little house. He traded horses. There's what they call a horse trader. Now, maybe some of you as old as I am, you lived out there. You know what a horse trader is. They, they would just trade anything. They made their living off of just trading around. And, he would trade traded horses. And he traded with a neighbor horse one time and it died within the week and the neighbor got mad at him, you know. But he was scared to do anything about it because he knew it was a mean character. Well, anyhow, my brothers and I, we spent a lot of time down listening to this mean man tell stories. And boy, did he ever have a bunch of them. And the most entertaining man I've ever met in my life. And a man that I just really loved. I, I couldn't, they said he was mean, but I... I never saw him do anything mean in my life. And so the neighbor that he sold this old sick horse to made him mad, and so he met my father out on the road there as we had to go right past his house going out and said, Now, said, you shouldn't let your sons associate with him. It's a bad influence. Well, my father, he was quite a character, as, you, as I told you already. Well, he said, Well, he says, I suppose so. He says, and this guy's name was Jim Arp. He says, next time I see Jim Arp, he says, I'm going to tell him to keep an eye on those kids and not be over-influenced by them. <laughs> <laughs> a friend. 
by association. It's got to be that way. That's the way that it is. That's precisely the way that it works. Now, when it comes to the church, you see, I know even here people more perfectly. You just rest assured, I know those ladies and those two young people better by having moved 10 ton of rock together. I know something of their commitment and their dedication. I am involved out there in the ball team in, in a way. And you rest assured, I, you can learn about people you know playing ball. And I think they're going to change coaches next year. You know. <laughs> but by association, that's what I'm saying. If you're going to know someone, have them as a friend, you, it's built on association. You come to the place where you know them because you have been with them. You build a friendship over maybe a cup of coffee, the, uh, the backyard fence, or the telephone, uh, or wherever you meet, and you spend time together in order that this friendship might develop and be built. And then they come to the place where they know your heart, they know your soul, they know where you hurt, they know where you're weak, they know where you failed. You know where you, uh, you have embarrassed yourself and your family, they, they know everything about you. You call them friends. Only a friend knows this. We have a word within the scriptures. I've only heard one living creature called Judas. And that was a cat, and I think it was named properly. Well, anyway, we wouldn't name a, a hardly a good cat Judas because of the betrayal or something that is deep within inside of us and, and everything good within inside of us. When we have a friend that betrays us, it uh, just becomes a revolting situation. Well, a friend knows the beat of my heart. We have visited together and we have built this friendship. And this is the way a friend is. I would ask you a simple question. How many of you have really told the Lord Jesus Christ who you are? How many of you have gone apart from this world and from the family and gone into your inner chamber, so to speak, where there's no one else? There's no pretense here. I don't put on any airs better than I am. I'm not hiding anything. Now we're here, Lord, just you and I. Just you and I. And Lord, this is the way that it is. Not that I'm happy with it. Some things I'm proud of and some things I'm extremely ashamed of. But that's the way that it is, and here's where I am. Now you have made a friend. But you know, we go about this business of living, we never talk to the Lord. How can you build a friendship without talking to your blessed Savior and taking him into your heart and let him walk around and see what he's able to see? Oh, the day that the Lord Jesus Christ came into my heart and walked around and I invited him in and let him see all the good things and the bad things for the day that I was liberated, free. And someone has said of a true friend, if you take them into your heart and your soul and let them walk around, uh, that the skeletons in the closet becomes museum pieces. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> That's the way that it really is, you know. He loves me anyway. That's his promise to us. Is built by visitation. Well, 
How do we go about building this relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? It's a thing for us to think about, you see. Where is the best place to meet the Lord and talk to Him? Well, in prayer, of course. Reading the Bible? Well, of course. Going to church? Well, of course. Have you treated one of your friends like you treat the Lord Jesus Christ and visiting Him and being with Him? Uh, you wouldn't have a friend very long, I'll tell you that right now. We do it the same way that we make a friend here upon the face of this earth. Well, I'm trying to say by association, quickly now let me say, and very quickly, by action. We do it by action. We go into action. We do things together. We become part of one another by going into action. We build our friendship together because we do things together. How many of you have done something for, for your friend? You baked a cake. You gave them a ride. You helped them do what they needed to do. You visited them in a the hospital. You took them something. Oh, my. Now you went fishing together. You played golf together. Your man came by the other day, a preacher, and said, I've just got to go. I'm in a hurry. Don't have time to talk to you, Don. He says, I, I've got to go. I said, where are you going in such a hurry? He said, well, there's a preacher, a Methodist preacher across town. You call him by name. He says that he's having a terrible time. He says, I'm going to take him and go play golf with him today. That's the way that it is. Friend. It's built on action. Going into act, doing something. Picking up something that needs to be done for that person and you know what they'd like to do and so you just haul off and do it. Two stories and we're closing. I'm not finished, we're going to close anyhow. I remember a man. He's dead now. But he was a hard businessman. And he talked in a very crisp way. He talked to him on the telephone. He'd do something to tell you goodbye. Send your friends to bed, bang, I'd blow the receiver you know. So I had occasion one time to deliver some groceries to a little family that was in destitute situation. The father had run off somewhere, and the mother was in the hospital. A little 13-year-old girl, 12 or 13-year-old child was taking care of a little brother about six years of age. And she had the awful responsibility to try to take care of the house. Went into the house, wasn't a thing in the refrigerator. Empty. Why he was going to be moved out. So we got some stuff together and was ready to take it to the family. And this man, this businessman, happened to come by the church and he had a station wagon. You wonder what the Lord's up to sometimes, you know. And so I said to my friend, I said, you're just the man I want to see. I said, we need your help. Uh, uh, if you're going out the road, we'll take these groceries out there to this family that's in need. And, and he knew the family. The only one who came to church was that little girl. And she had to walk. I said, we're taking it out to, to Nancy. Fine, I'll be glad to do it. But don't take too long, preacher. I'm in a hurry. I never saw that man show any kind of emotion outside of getting mad. <laughs> and so we went into that house and carried those groceries in, and he saw the situation. And I was down on my one knee arranging some things within a basket there to put in the refrigerator. Needed to go in the refrigerator. And this little, little skinny girl, skinny as a fence rail, she came up and put 
biggest eye that you've ever seen, just a skinny thing. The eyes, you know, when someone looks like they're half starved, their eyes get bigger and bigger. And then she said, now you can't leave without me hugging you. He said, it's this businessman, you know. So he got down on one knee too. That was the first time and the last time. I saw tears coming down his cheek, you know. I'm talking about an experience that you can have with Christ. Do something in his name for his people. Put yourself at his command. Sacrifice a little time and a little effort. And I'll guarantee you to come through to you. Secondly, another man. Us women, we get better than men, you know. I mean, this man, he was the same type of a situation. He came to church every once in a while and he felt like it. And if he didn't feel like it, he didn't come. No regularity at all. Until this thing happened to him. New church. Needed an organ. No money to buy an organ with. Not enough people to give to buy an organ. New church. Somehow or another, he got interested in the situation. And he said, you know, my mother used to play the piano. He says, I can remember years ago that she's doing a lot of singing. I baptized this man. And I think he was 55 when I baptized him and received him into, into the church. And I received him into the church after this situation, or about this time. He says, I think I'll give some money for that organ. So he's the one who got the organ fund started. But when we dedicated that organ, he was in that service. And that's when it happened. That's when it happened. I remember him saying to me one time, he says, I wish that I could be as conscious of the Lord Jesus Christ as you seem to be and have the same type of emotional relationship. And in that service it happened. He never said to me anymore about he wished he could have because in that service where he had made a commitment to Christ, Christ talked to him. And I saw that man too do his dead level best to keep the tears back, but they wouldn't stop. I am talking about an emotional experience with the Lord Jesus Christ where you don't have to ask anyone else anymore, is Christ alive? Is God really so? You can come to the place where you know that you know that you know that you have a Christ. He's conscious of you and you are conscious of him. It's just that simple or that profound. You are my friends. Oh, our Father, May it be so with each one of us this morning, for we ask it in the name of Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening. Hope you were blessed. We pray the Holy Spirit will make you a doer of His words, finishing the work He started in making you more like Christ for the transformation of this world and preparation for heaven. 